0: Portions of this program may be pre recorded.
1: Reversing sequence time. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engines running, commit
2: off.
3: Hey, welcome to SWAT radio with Doug McCary of his light ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson. And if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's ask at swatradio.com. And if you are uh, listening via podcast, you can also hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at swatradio talk is the handle that's at SWAT Radio Talk if you have questions and we will try to answer them uh, on our next time together. So with that, Doug, how are you doing today?
2: Good. I'm excited for the weekend. We have yeah. the SWAT retreat coming up. In, um, Saturday. Yeah, it's really good. Got you down to go do skydiving? Yeah, I'm nervous already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun for you. And uh, got quite a few guys going to be doing some shooting, going to be doing some golfing, some fishing and sailing and uh, really excited. Uh, and uh, our guest yesterday, if you missed yesterday, I really encourage you to go to SWATradio.com and listen to the program because we had HB Charles Jr. on who's the pastor over at Shiloh. And he wanted, you know, he just said a couple of things. One, first of all, Have you ever heard of him before, Taylor? Did you heard of HB at all?
3: Uh, Only like when you said, after you said like a while back that he was going to be the speaker. Okay. So
2: really a fascinating story that he started preaching when he was young Hmm. and uh, when he was 17 or 16 or 17, he, his dad, or now his dad passed away when he was 16. The people at his dad's church asked him to be the pastor. Wow! At 17,
3: that's crazy.
2: So he became the senior pastor of a church at 17 years old. Sounds a lot like Charles Spurgeon. Wow, that's yeah. Spurgeon was preaching 16 sermons a week at 16 years old. Wow. He was reading six books a week on theology and God at 16 years old. If that doesn't convict you, I don't know <laughs> yeah, what right? will. But anyway, H.B. Charles uh, was on yesterday talking about it. He's only in his 40s, Mm. and he's been preaching for 30 years. Wow. (laughs) Which is amazing, uh, the life that God has called him to. And one of the things that was really interesting in hearing his story is he had asthma as a child growing up, and he grew up in L.A. Mm. So he was in L.A., uh, kid and grew up there and because of his asthma as much as he wanted to play basketball football and other sports he just couldn't because of the asthma and so because of his asthma he ended up reading and becoming a voracious reader Mm. you know um and reading and reading and reading and god just used him to grow that time during that time to be able to be a preacher and a great preacher yeah. uh, so much so that, uh, the masters, you uni- uh, universe seminary out there gave him an honorary doctorate. Mm. Now they don't do that very often. Yeah. And, um, uh, he was, it was just really great to have him on. He said a couple of things that I thought were really good. One, he said that, uh, his dad, taught him to always do things for people who can't do anything back for you
4: Mm.
2: now that's a biblical principle yeah but it's one that you know you don't hear echoed very often people talk about being unselfish but his dad said go out of your way to go help people that can't do anything for you and i think that's really a, a good encouragement for us especially during the time we're living in now, there's a lot of people in need.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And really think about how you are using the resources that God has given you. Are you blessing people that can't bless you back? Just just think about how God can, can use you if you'll do that. Um, one of the things he said, too, is that, he always ministers to an audience of one. When he goes up to preach, he doesn't worry about the culture. It doesn't mean he doesn't take it into account. It just means that that's not shaping his sermon on Sunday. Yeah, God shapes his sermon based on the text. He teaches the Bible verse by verse, and he preaches because God has called him to preach, and that's what he does. He doesn't worry about what the people think. He doesn't worry about the feedback he gets. He just worries about, have I been faithful to the text? Mm. And I, I thought that was really, really good. And he also said that as a minister, we have to maintain and deepen our devotional life all the time. We have to constantly be doing that. So he had some really good insights, and it was great. And I'm looking forward to him sharing on prayer. Uh, he's got a book called What Happens After You Pray. Hmm. Or it happens after you pray, meaning, you know, a lot of times in our life, our prayers are tepid at best. They're just like, okay, God, if you'll do this, like, I kind of hope you might, but Mm -hmm. I don't really believe you will. I mean, think about all the people in the scriptures who prayed with faith. And it's not a name it, claim it, kind of a theology but it's i believe in god theology and i'm so closely aligned with him as i spend time with him that when i pray i feel his pleasure Mm. and i feel his presence and so when i pray for something trusting in him knowing that it's going to bring glory to his name not just comfort to me or pleasure to me or things for me god i think loves taking us down those roads where we do those things and pray because i i can um well even going back to when he asked the disciples how are we going to feed these people it says he already knew what he yeah. was going to do but he said this to test them and i think a lot of times in life we are tested in situations and instead of really leaning on god what we do is we try to figure it out on our own or we go to some wise earthly person nothing wrong yeah. with seeking wisdom from people on earth but that shouldn't be the first place you go right
3: yeah you're right and i I know for me especially like that impulse to you know do it on your own and figure it out yourself is pretty strong in me and so that's something that i always have to check myself on
2: i think it's i think it's that way for all of us really we we live in a culture that says pull yourself up by your bootstraps you can do it you got to push through it and And, and and then when we get flat on our back and looking up, then we call out to him, okay, I don't have anything else to give you, Lord. I don't know what else to do. And he says, okay, now I got you where I want you. Yeah. That's where you should have been to start with. And, and listen, this is not to say that there won't be times in your life that you're struggling and you keep praying and you don't see the immediate answers you want, like Mm -hmm. Paul with a thorn in the flesh. But I was even reading the other day uh, in Judges, and I was reading about the children of Israel, and I don't know if you remember the story, but there was a a concubine who was killed by the men of Gibeon Mm -hmm. and Benjamin. And this concubine was killed because they just raped her. It was awful what they did. Well, the guy sends her body parts to every tribe and says, this was an abomination. We've got to make this right. So, I mean, lots and lots of men from Israel. I mean, thousands and thousands yeah. go against, I think there was 20, I think 25,000, around 25,000 Benjamites, a couple of hundred thousand Israelites, <clears throat> So the first day the Israelites go in there, they get wiped out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't get totally wiped out, but they lose a lot of men. And they go back and they go, okay, God, what's going on? We, we're we doing the right thing here, going, trying to take care of these people who abused your people and bring justice. And God didn't give them a victory right away. And they cried out to him, it says. And they go back the second day, same thing. It was the third time that he then brought victory to him, and they wiped out all but about 1,500 of the Gibeonites and the Benjamites. Now, people blow through that story, and you go, okay, why is that in here? First of all, it's horrific what Mm -hmm. happened to the concubine, to the men who died in battle, all this. Why would God allow that? Well, who are we to question God anyway? But there's got to be some principles that he's laying down in there. And one of the things that I walked away as I was reading that is you may go through times where you're doing the right thing and it just doesn't work out for you and you keep crying out to God. And the more you keep crying out to God, guess what? The more desperate you become for his help. Yeah. Which is where we should be anyway. We should always look to ourselves, but I think and it doesn't say this in the text but it's easy to believe because we're human, they were human. if you've got two hundred thousand mm. going against twenty thousand, are you going to trust in God's power or you think, okay, we got this
3: yeah, you're going to be like you you're going to be feeling pretty good about your chances, <laughs> that's for sure,
2: yeah, well, um you know Pastor Charles said this yesterday. I asked him how we could pray for him, and now we got to go to the break. um he said, pray psalm ninety twelve for me. So I don't only want to pray that for him. I want to pray it for you if you're listening today. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Let your wisdom be that you know your time on earth is limited and that you're here for his purpose, not yours. And let him lead you. Seek him, look to him, and let him be the one who provides all you need. Okay, and then we'll go to the break.
0: Yeah, that's good
3: stuff. We will be back with more after the break, so stick with us. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking and Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email Doug at SWAT Radio. That's Doug at SWAT Radio. Stay tuned.
0: If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is one 844 777
5: Sky traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high. Best seat in the house tonight. Touch down in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. All those people going somewhere. Why have I never cared? Step out on a busy street, see a girl and our eyes meet, does the best to smile at me to hide what's underneath. This man just too awry. Black suit and a bright red tie. Too ashamed to ashamed
3: that is he's Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back inside. to SWAT Radio. Swat stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you're just joining us, we were just talking about when uh in Judges, when the man of God's concubine was killed, uh, well, raped and killed by the Gibeonites and uh, the Benjamin Benjaminites, right? Yep. Um, and he sent her body out and basically called to arms the rest of Israel. And so Israel went up against uh, the Benjaminites, and they lost uh, on the first day. And they had superior numbers. You know, they had 400,
2: the 400,000. Right- I said 200. It was yeah. 400,000 men against 20 20- about 27,000 men from uh, Gibeon and Benjamin.
3: And they had the righteous cause, so you would have thought that they would have won. Uh, They didn't win on the first day. They lose, um, what, 22,000 on the first day, right?
2: Yeah, and here's the thing. If you read the passage, it's in uh, Judges 20. The men of Israel went to God, and they said, who shall go first for us? In other words, They were seeking God's Mm. input. So this was not – I mean, it was also a time where people did what was right in their own eyes. So that's what stands out to me, that they're seeking God's help. And he said – the Lord said, Judah shall go up. So they sent Judah up. And so I'm thinking – they're thinking, okay, the Lord said Judah. Judah, remember, was the preeminent tribe. You know Mm -hmm. why? Because the other three got disqualified. I mean, they weren't disqualified, but, well – uh, remember Reuben was disqualified why because he slept with his father's concubine yeah. Then you had Simeon and Levi they were disqualified why because, because they slaughtered Yeah Tamar, all, they, or, they no they slaughtered all the uh, men of Shechem because or, for, for raping Dinah and, Dinah, the, not and Tamar. Yeah, yeah okay. they raped Dinah and so Judah was now the preeminent tribe and so they're saying, wow, so God, yeah, picked Judah to go out there. They were the most numerous tribe, too. And so you had 400,000 against 27,000. I think it would you would be hard-pressed to find people that wouldn't go, okay, we got this.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I, I really do. And so, but, and we went to the Lord. The Lord said Judah, so they go into it. It doesn't tell us what their internal feelings were, what their hearts were. But what happened is we do see that the men went out there and the people of Benjamin destroyed 22,000 men on that first day. And so they had to come back licking their wounds going, Mm -hmm. wow, what happened? Uh, But it says they took courage and again they formed again in the same place. And they went up and wept before the Lord until evening. So they spent that day praying and it says they wept. So this was a passionate praying. Mm. This was not just, um, you know, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Right. I mean, nothing wrong with that prayer. But, I mean, these men were crying out passionately. And he they said, shall we go against them again? And God said, go. So they went up again, and Benjamin went out, and that second day destroyed 18,000 men. So now you've got 40,000, 10% wiped out and the people, the whole army came back to Bethel and they wept. They're like, what's going on? They were distraught and they sat there before the Lord. And like you said earlier, and they fasted that day until evening. In other words, they didn't eat. They didn't do anything, but pray. They didn't care about food. And I think a lot of times, and you know, Taylor, you, you haven't, I talked through fasting, um, about, I think, a year or so ago when we were working through Matthew. And I think a lot of people in our culture have a, 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 a an unbiblical view of fasting. And by that, I mean, when you look at fasting in the Bible, most of the time, almost all of the time, when people fasted, it was in response to something. It was not commanded usually.
4: Mm.
2: It was a response. Yeah. And so, um, one of the guys that um, mentored me helped me think about it this way: fasting is like a sidecar to prayer. Mm. Think about a sidecar to a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. All right, the sidecar by itself does nothing. Right. right? So just to fast, mm. it's it's not really uh, you you never see fasting in the Bible uh, unless it's associated with prayer. Yeah. And so sometimes I hear people say, "Well, I'm going to fast." Well, if you just fast to fast, it does nothing for you. Yeah. The fasting is an intensification of your prayer to the point where you're saying, I don't, I don't care about anything but interceding and connecting with the Lord Almighty, and I want my heart to be in line with his heart, and I want to know what he wants me to do. And if I'm experiencing something and I'm struggling with it, I want to know how he wants me to respond. Yeah. And I want him to change the course maybe, you know, but this there's this intense prayer. And so all these men, they fight, prayed and they fasted, and it says, and they offered up burnt offerings. They were offering to God, saying, you know what, and peace offerings. So they're bringing these sacrifices to him, and the people of Israel then go back, and, and they got Phinehas, who was the grandson of Aaron. So Phineas was the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron. So the grandson of Aaron, and and they said, shall we go one more time out to the battle? And the Lord said, go up for tomorrow. I'll give them into your hand. Now, I don't think he said that in the other two times. What he said the other two times, he says, go. Shall we go? Go. And, you know, in looking at that, um, they, If you go back and you look at their prayer, uh, back in uh, Judges 20, and it says, all they asked the first time was, who shall go up for us
4: hmm.
2: first? It's almost like they assumed victory. Yeah. Do you see that? I mean, so the verse says, who shall go up first for us to fight against the people of Benjamin? Um they that's all it says and so
3: they didn't even ask should we and the lord said
2: judah shall go up first but they didn't say lord shall we go up Mm -hmm. they said who shall go up you see there i think in that you can kind of go okay could it have been that they made a presumption of victory in that because they or even that god wanted them to go like that but they ask who shall go up first and then the next time you see down in um, verse 23 of chapter 20 of judges and the people of israel went up and wept before the lord until evening and they inquired shall we again draw near to fight against our brothers the people of benjamin and the lord said go up against them so again they didn't ask for victory they just said should we do it yeah and, again, I think that if you look at that, just on the surface, taking out that, I, I, you know, not looking at anything but just the, the facts of what they're saying, they're not asking for victory. Um, and then uh, down in 28, they said, shall we go out once more to battle against our brothers, the people of Benjamin, or shall we cease? So now they're saying, God. I think when they prayed earlier that you see that statement there, they don't ask him, should we go or not go? They just said, shall we go? Which was, we're going to go. Yeah. It's almost like they had a mindset they were going to go. And I know in my own life, there's a lot of times when I pray, God, I want to do this. Will you let me do this? And I've already got my mind made up. Mm. Do you ever do that? Yeah. And, 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 and so God may affirm somehow for you to do it you go and then you fail and you mm-hmm. go, wait, I, 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 I saw the signs, right? I saw the affirmations and he let you go there on your own to show you, you couldn't do it on your own. And you come back and go, I don't want to do that anymore. And that's where I think he brought them to the place The Lord, when the Lord said, go up for tomorrow, I will give them into your hand. When God says something positive that he's going to do, you can rest assured it's going to happen. Yeah. Because like Joshua said, not one promise of his failed, And so it says they went up and they did it and they defeated him. And 25,000 of them fell. 25,000 of the, not the Israelites, mm-hmm. but the Gibeonites and the Benjaminites, those people that they came against, there was only 27,000 of them. So almost all of them were wiped out. Yeah, The same people, you know. Um, 40,000 less than Mm -hmm. they had a couple of days earlier, but the difference was God. So where is God factored into our decisions? Where is God factored into our struggles? Where's God factored into COVID? Where's he factored into the uh, ethnic prejudice? Where's he factored into our financial difficulties, our relational difficulties? Are we factoring him in? Are we just saying, God fix this? god fix it i'm doing it this way you just got to fix it yeah and i and i I really believe that when you see these little uh, vignettes in the bible like this they give us some insights and i'm not saying it's definitive but i'm saying it's at least worthy of exploring in our minds okay maybe maybe one of the reasons is god uh wanted them to depend on him because i know he wants us to depend on him we know that Right. right So does that make sense?
3: You know, yeah, yeah, that, it, that does. It's good stuff too. And, and I didn't catch that about, um, you know, the first time when they just said, all right, going up? <laughs> not asking, <laughs> should we just, all right, we're doing this. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. But, um, we will be right back after the news. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at SWAT radio talk. That's at SWAT radio talk. If you are on Facebook or Twitter, you can follow us there. You can download our SWAT app in the app store. Hey, we'd like to give a shout out to our listeners in Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, as well as our listeners in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. And a shout out to our listeners listening locally at 91.7 The Truth in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 folks in Georgia. We're uh, so happy that you guys uh, listen here locally as well as around the country. Uh, You're listening to SWAT Radio. Like I said, we'll be right back after the news. Stay tuned. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Need to Breathe with Brother. Um, if you are just joining us, we have been talking a little bit about Judges um, and talking particularly about Judges 20. We're about to start talking about uh, Daniel, which is what we've been talking about uh, this past Monday and also last week. But before we went to that, Doug, I wanted to ask you one question about fasting. Um, is fasting just a, a outward showing of our inward heart, or is there some more i guess power quote unquote to it um or is it just that 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 showing of the internal contrition
2: i i think you know when you think about fasting you know now people because of quote lent and mm-hmm. other things they will say i'm gonna fast for the next 30 days and do oh, not take this or not do that you don't see that in the yeah. bible mhm. If you look in the Bible, every time you see fasting, it's usually a response to a national tragedy, an unanswered prayer, or an overwhelming uh, burden on the part of the person who's seeking God's intervention into something. To where they don't want to eat, it's not they they're they're not using it like a magic pill that says, "Okay, I'm going to fast because I know if I fast, God will hear my prayer." Right. And I know that there are people that talk about the power of fasting, but it, it it's almost like that the fasting is just an intensified prayer. Okay. It's it's you're you're so focused on praying for something that you've said I am not going to eat because I am going to seek God on this. I don't care about food. That's I, I'm just want to focus on spending my time that I would eat praying. Mm. Because the other time I'm working and doing whatever I got to do during the day. Right. But prayer is the sidecar. I mean, uh, fasting is the sidecar to prayer. It's not seen apart from prayer in mm-hmm. scripture. We do that in our culture because people have written books and they've kind of said, well, if you fast and God will do this. Well, first of all, God doesn't owe us anything when we pray our fast. Yeah. Now, he wants us to pray. Prayer is connecting and communion with God. But the fasting is just an intensification of that. And I think you have to be careful. I mean, you do see leaders in the Bible that call people to fast. Mm -hmm. But again, it's usually in response to uh, a fear or in response to uh, a great burden for God to intervene. And so I, I think a lot of times in our culture, we are very much a checklist people. Yeah. And we believe if we do A and B, then C will happen. And we have to guard against that because God's not obligated yeah. to do anything for us in response to us saying, well, God, I fasted. I know people that have said that. Well, I've been praying and God ain't answering my prayer. Well, the prayer is, is to align ourselves with his will more than it is to make him do what I want him to do. Yeah, right. He's not a genie in the bottle.
4: Yeah. Un.
2: un uh, unlike some people teach that, oh, yeah. he's not a genie in the bottle. But, you know, we've been talking about Daniel, and I believe if you look at Daniel and his friends, man, no doubt they were fasting. Mm. I mean, he called them to fast and to pray because there were times that their lives literally were on the line. I mean, if somebody came in here tomorrow and said, Taylor, you and Doug, you are going to jail and you're going to, you know, looking at the death sentence because they've made it illegal to broadcast about Jesus in any way, shape or form or the Bible and you violated the law because some totalitarian took over and... There would be nothing wrong with us fasting and praying, you know, asking God to deliver us, um, hoping he would. He may not. I I find it interesting if you look at Paul in prison in Colossians 4, he says, pray that I would be what? Pray that I would be a witness to the jailer. Mm -hmm. Even though Paul had already been released from prison at least one time that we know of uh, in the middle of the night yeah, by God intervening, but he wasn't praying for that there. Why? Because I believe Paul was in line with the will of God and he knew that God did not want him out of there at that moment. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important for us to, uh, for us to daily invest time in God's word and in communion with him. Because if you're doing that, okay, you there were times in your life i'm sure you're 30 so let's say between 20 and 30 for the last 10 years have there been times when you were at college or when you were away that you and your dad didn't get to talk very much yeah did you know what was going on in his life
3: i mean broad strokes maybe yeah Yeah, broad. but but i
2: mean you it's not like when you you're here and you can spend time with him and as much as you, if you don't spend time with him, he's not going on what's your, in your life either. Mm-hmm. There's a lack of communion with distance, yeah. and it's the same thing with God. If we want to understand God's will for our life, listen, it's not a mystery. I promise you ask. That there's verses in the Bible that say, knock, and it will be mm-hmm. open. Ask, and you will be given. The kind of prayers that he's talking about there are not to have a you know a 2020 corvette in your driveway Mm -hmm. yeah what he's talking about there is to know his will for your life he's not sitting up there going well i see how i can confuse taylor today Mm -hmm. and i can make him you know try to figure out what i want him to do god wants us to interact with him to know his will the problem is we like those israelites and judges come to God with our objectives already laid out, and we go, okay, God, will you bless this? And and what should I do? But we already know what we want to do. We right. just want God to say, okay, I'm going to make this work out for you with no problems. And that doesn't happen too often. Yeah. Do you know the difference, Taylor, because you're a history guy, between a constitutional monarchy and an absolute monarchy?
3: Uh, an absolute monarchy is whatever the king says and he's not constrained by anything whereas the a constitutional monarchy he's constrained by the limits of like the magna carta for say
2: for or, yeah or, or yeah so right now england is governed by a constitutional monarchy mm-hmm. so who has the final say over the laws in that country
3: theoretically the queen well but it's been no
2: but but if it's constitutional the queen, if she, if she doesn't sign a law, parliament still enacts that law because it's a constitutional monarchy, not an absolute monarchy. Yeah. And so what we do in the Christian life is a lot of times we treat God like he's a constitutional monarch. We take our law, not our laws, but our plans to mm-hmm. him. And we say, okay, God, this is what we want to do. And will you sign off on this? And he sends it back, and it's not signed. And we say, "Okay, we're going to do it anyway." Hmm. An absolute monarch, which is what God should be in our life, is if He don't sign off on it, we don't do it. Yeah. And and that I think is a big part of the issues that we face. See, we don't really understand an absolute monarch in America. We've never lived. Most of us have never lived under that. Yeah. And so we treat God. Like a constitutional monarch, and he's not. He is an absolute monarch. And so when we, like the Israelites, go to him and say, "Hey, you know, should we go up and fight him?" They already know they want to. Right. They already believe they can win because they got four hundred thousand. And he goes, "Sure, go ahead." And they come back licking their wounds and and they're crying, and they go, "Hey, should we go up tomorrow again and fight them, or what do you think?" Sure, go up again. <laughs> But the third time he says, Go up, you're gonna win. I what I learned from that is that affects the that informs me in my prayer. Mm. God, I want to do this, but I want I want to win at this. <laughs> Am I gonna be able to pull this off with your help? Are you gonna help me do this? Because if if you don't, then I'm sunk. Yeah. And I think that's the way he wants us to pray. It's like, you remember the centurion said to Jesus, hey, you don't even have to come to my house. Just speak it and it'll be done. Mm -hmm. And Jesus goes, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. That's what God wants from us. That's what Daniel had, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those guys, they had that. And that's what God wants us to have. And, you know, we live in a time now where you see brothers in the church instead of affirming people that are saying, you know what? We're not going to bow down to the idol of fear anymore like a John MacArthur. I appreciate what John did, mm-hmm. but I was just reading before I came on this. The uh, the Baptist News condemned MacArthur and said he doesn't love his neighbor. Really? Yeah. They came out and they said, basically, MacArthur only sees the world through the lens of authority and power. Um, and he I mean, they were. They hammered him. This is the Baptist News Global, and it says the title of the article is How John MacArthur Loves the Bible But Not His Neighbor. Wow. And you know what? What if you listen to what MacArthur said, and this is the dividing line for a lot of people out there. I've been reading it on social media. If I, I actually was reading a medical health care professional debating a minister that I knew mm. – online about the issue of mask no mask because the person that i know the minister was complaining about hiking and people on the trail not wearing a mask
3: the minister was
2: yes and saying that's so uncaring and unloving i wish there was some way for me to do something and this minister said some things that i won't even repeat on air but i'm just sitting there going really so
3: that doesn't even align with the the science anyway, you know what I mean? Like
2: and that's what the healthcare professional was saying, the person who was a nurse practitioner was explaining to this minister that that you are pretty safe out there on the trail mm-hmm. even if it's a narrow trail. But the fear that was occupying the mind of this particular minister who was really pretty nasty in some of the things they said about the people that don't wear a mask and so what i'm seeing is that we're so divided now even within the body of christ listen if if you don't want to wear a mask and you're outside there's no data that says that it's wrong for you to do that now politicians may say that and even some Doctors may say that, but we'll come back. And if you want to call in weigh in, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, if you'd like to
3: call in, call it 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. We'll be right back.
0: This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth
2: for the next generation. parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com.
1: If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old loud. If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom Chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day and dead and the night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. And we've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life there's a better life if you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need
3: freedom That is Zach Williams with Chainbreaker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1 844 777 7928. That's 1 844 777 SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's ask at swatradio.com. We would love to have you guys call in and uh, give us your thoughts on what's been going on and what we've been talking about uh, so far today. And if you're just joining us, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about. Um, the The nastiness that we've kind of seen within the church obviously within the culture at large, but um you know uh I think you you mentioned that there was an article that came out that accused um uh John MacArthur of being all about power and uh what control right.
2: Yeah, well, you know, in the article, and again, this was the Baptist News. This guy wrote this for the Global Baptist, so I don't know. It, it, you know, I'm,
3: is that connected with the the church as a whole? Well, you know? it,
2: the Baptist New Glo- Baptist News Global is is really uh, it's a it's supposedly an independent news organization uh, about matters of faith, and um, but again, they. You know, they've got a, uh, a director of operations here in Jacksonville, believe it or not. Oh, wow. And, uh, and one of their uh, writers is here in Jacksonville. Mm. And so that's kind of what caught my attention is, but um, they they used to be called, or the predecessor to it was the Associated Baptist Press, which was an independent news service by and for Baptist, mm. the Baptist denomination. Um. But they merged two news organizations back in uh, the Herald, the Religious Herald, and the Associated Baptist back in 2013 to form Baptist News Global. And so, but I'm—I think the thing that strikes me about it, Taylor, is that in this particular article, um, and Rick Pidcock is the guy who wrote the article, and I don't know anything about him individually he's just uh you know he he just wrote about this but he's putting this out there for people to read but Mm -hmm. he slams macarthur the pastor in this and one of the things he says is not one single word of lament for the lives affected by this disease in the community now and he makes the point that there's four thousand deaths in los angeles from this disease. Well, guess what? If you go back and look um, back as, as far back as just a couple of years ago, three years ago, there were 4,300 suicides mm-hmm. three years ago. I guarantee you this year, it's that up. number's up. Mm-hmm. Homicides, 2,100 this year, that number's up. Mm-hmm. Why isn't he talking about that? I mean, really, because and one of the points of the whole thing where if you listen to any medical professional tell you 80% of the people that get covid are going to recover. Yeah. They may not even experience symptoms. Out of the other 20%, all but 0.02, like I mean, mm-hmm. so you have a 99.98% chance of survival if you get covid-19. Now, yeah, we should care about the people that pass away Mm -hmm. from it. That's awful that anybody would have to go through that. And, yes, there are people under 65 who get it. There's people, uh, not everybody's over 65 that dies from it. Uh, There was a girl, 26, I think, that had a double lung transplant. So, yes, people get it. People get the flu every year. People get other diseases every year. And all John MacArthur said is that, Not one word was mentioned about the protests when they were going on in California. There were a lot of people, most of the people not wearing masks there. Mm -hmm. They were destroying property. Nothing was said. But the church can't meet. And people have not been meeting since early March. And it's a way to shut down God's people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can say, you can do Zoom church, you can do that, but you're still not gathering And, you know, I wanted to share something that Phil Johnson, you know, we had Phil on not too long ago. And Phil Johnson, who is the uh, executive director of Grace to You, and uh, we had him on. He just put out something that I thought was really good. I I just got to pull it up here on my my device here really quick because I want to share what he said about, because they're getting a lot of grief now, and I knew they would. Um, and people second-guessing him. And so I just want to share some of the things he said. Um, First thing is, or the second thing, I'm going to share four of them. He says the biblical prescription for showing love to brothers puts the priority on koinonia, which is fellowship and association. Mm. That's being with each other. And he says community, brotherhood, communion, intimacy social interaction not mask and distance barriers and he says people who want to practice social distancing have ample space on our campus to do that if they want to nobody's forcing these people to come together right they are choosing to do that and they prefer to gather without mask and distance and we see it as a romans 14 disputable matter whether. You know, you may have a disagreement and you feel free to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't. Uh, fourth, he says it's ch- uncharitable to accuse a fellow believer of not caring whether people die just because by common agreement they decide to gather for worship without mask. It's equally uncharitable to scold a Christian who decides to wear a mask. So either way, you and they don't, they're not scolding anybody. They right. have people wearing masks there. And then uh, I, I just, I think, uh you know, he said one more thing. I was trying to find it because I, I just find that helpful to hear that. The, the last thing he said is, uh, the first thing he said was, I've explained why we're not taking a legalistic approach to mask and distancing. Um, and so he just wanted people to understand that our approach is, if you want to wear a mask and practice distancing, we have a tent outside For those who want to do that, for those who don't want to do that, who want to be in an air conditioned room inside, we're not, we don't have a problem with that either. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with what he's doing and what they're doing out there. I think it falls within guidelines. There are people say, well, the governor said that you can't do it.
3: Okay. What about when the governor says you got to take the crosses down? You know, what about when the governor says you got to put, you know, a picture of dear leader? Up on, you know what about when the governor says you got to pay j- the jizya well the the know? devil's
2: advocate would say well he hasn't done that yet i'm just saying you it, know, but you know it, yeah, what yeah. i'm saying but but it's to, a
3: restriction on the free gathering of the people of god and you should a, not be okay with that it's a, it's
2: say. a restriction that is not applied across the board mm-hmm. and so i i don't have a problem with what they're doing because I agree it's govern it's government overreach. The government does not have ecclesiastical authority or authority to tell you how to worship. That is God's word dictated, not yeah. the government dictated. And that's what MacArthur said. I agree with that, you know, and you may disagree. If you're listening out there and you go, uh, you know, I think we have to obey our government, well you're free to believe that. Uh, but that is that is not something. To, I mean, Scripture teaches when the government prevents you from doing something that that God says for you to do mm-hmm. in His Word, which forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Well, uh, Zoom for four months yeah. is not assembling together. You see a picture. You can do it. It's a temporary measure. At the very least, I agree with like what your dad said, a small group, get together in a group of, you know, 10 yeah. to 12. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong, in my view, of them getting together as a whole group out there if they want to. And the
3: real question is why are people, you know, so uncharitable on this topic as far as, you know, if people want to meet or don't want to wear a mask, why is it that, you know, it, it, you must bow, you must toe the line, you know, and we can't just have a disagreement like in Romans where about eating the meat uh, from Mm. an idol or not like why, especially as Christians, why is this a divide just like it is outside of the church?
2: Well, it's a divide because people, some people, and I think you mentioned this earlier in the break, the guy who wrote this article was younger. Mm. Again, there's nothing wrong with youth. Yeah, but a lot of the younger people are woke, mm-hmm. like you said. Explain woke for our listeners one more time before we go off the air here.
3: <laughs> woke means you're woke to like the uh, the oppression and the way things really are and how the system's rigged against certain people. Well,
2: society. there's the the woke culture recognizes two classes of people, and it's not believer unbeliever, family of God not family of God. It is oppressed and oppressor and oppressors. The oppressors are people of power and authority. The oppressed are people who are underneath that. So, you know, hey, uh, tomorrow we're going to have Bennett Brown, uh, the president of the Heritage Bank, and uh, his friend Ginger Saud to talk about why... Why is it important for us as people of faith to be involved in our election process Yeah, and being good citizens? And then Friday, we're going to have one of our best of programs and the SWAT retreat on Saturday. Okay. So,
3: yeah. Uh, so make sure you tune in. Uh, you've been listening to SWAT radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past, past programs, excuse me please visit www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in.